When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 119. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there, friends, and welcome back. On today's show, we are talking about all the ways that we can be eco-friendly and zero waste while in isolation. Now, of course, the pandemic has been great for the planet in some ways, right? We are staying home. We're not driving around town. We're not heading to stores and mindlessly buying But in a lot of other ways, self-isolation has wreaked havoc on our zero-waste goals. And that is because most of us are panic buying. We're buying an awful lot of things in large quantities. But because store shelves are empty, we also find ourselves buying alternate options of the same products we generally always buy. And those alternate options tend to have a lot of packaging. Finally, many of us might find ourselves relying on products that we never really thought about buying before. The first one that comes to mind is Clorox wipes, right? We're buying all these things that we think are going to help keep us healthy without really thinking about how those products are impacting the environment. So on today's show, I'm offering you nine ways we can retain our eco-friendly and zero-waste principles while in quarantine. This week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 119. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 119. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by Oregon State University eCampus a national leader in online education. Pair your passion for sustainable living with OSU's passion for the environment by earning a degree online in fields like business and public health. Learn more at ecampus.oregonstate.edu forward slash minimalists. All right, so moving right in to nine ways that we can be more eco-friendly while in quarantine The first one might be a little self-explanatory, but it needs to be said, and that is to use up what you already have. (laughs) You know how I always talk about stocking up the freezer, how I always talk about storing things for just in case, even though sometimes storing things isn't also minimalist? Well, now is the time, my friends, to use up all the stuff you have stored. 
Seriously, now is the time. Why were we stocking those freezers? We were stocking them for pandemics or for stressors or for emergencies just like this. You have been canning for this moment. Use all the things in your freezer, in your pantry before they go bad because you've been storing them for right now. Now, when I say use up what you already have, I'm not just talking about food, right? Use up those beauty products that you have kept sitting around in your bathroom that aren't your favorite brands but are still usable. Use them now. Use up your craft supplies that you have lying around. Maybe you have the right things to make masks and you can donate them to your local hospital. If not, get crafting. You've been holding on to those crafting supplies with the dreams and hopes that you would have the time to craft once again. You have that time now. Use up your old cleaning supplies. So even if you're like me and you switched to homemade cleansers long ago, but you still keep the old, more toxic stuff just in case, use them now. I love this one. Unread books. If you have unread books sitting on your shelf because you thought one day you might have the time to sit down and read a book, now is that time. Find the time. Carve out the time to read those unused books. And finally, old notebooks, old paper. If you are like me and you are suddenly a homeschooling parent, (laughs) use those old notebooks to homeschool your kids. And the half-used coloring books you've had sitting around that you just couldn't trash because they weren't completely full, use those half-used coloring books now with your younger children. So that's strategy one, is to use up what you already have. Strategy two, of course, right, is to get cooking. Now is the perfect time to restock up your fridge, your freezer, and your pantry. So I'm not just talking about cooking dinners for your family. I'm talking about experimenting with those food items you have never made before, but have always kind of had in the back of your mind to try. So yogurt or sourdough bread or condiments that are really easy, by the way, to make, like ketchup and barbecue sauce. Try peanut butter. My right-hand woman, Julie, posted in our Sustainable Minimalist Facebook group about how she is attempting homemade nut butters in quarantine, and I love that idea. Julie, please get back to all of us and tell us how it turned out. But use this time to your advantage. And if you are home with young kids like I am, and the thought of cooking something (laughs) with little kids just is completely fear-inducing, I suggest you go ahead and try it anyway. Teach fractions as you go, teaspoon versus half teaspoon. Let the little kids do the mixing. If you are home with really little kids, my youngest is three, go ahead and measure out and prepare all the ingredients ahead of time so that the process goes smoothly as possible. It would also be prudent for me to note here that research into child development states time and time again that when kids are presented with a pretend version of a toy and the real thing, they always choose the real thing, or they often choose the real thing, I should say. And kids tend to learn more, too, when they're learning with mom in a quality time environment. So what does that mean? Use the real kitchen instead of the play kitchen Cross your fingers and get cooking. Tip number three is to stop ordering takeout. Now, before I even get into this, I know that local businesses are struggling and it is important to support them. So use your best judgment 
here as I talk about this tip. But it should be no surprise to any of us that takeout requires an awful lot of waste. There's the plastic containers, there's the plastic lined boxes, there's the plastic silverware, there's the condiments in the packets. I could go on and on. Instead of ordering takeout to satisfy dinners, perhaps you use self-isolation to really assess the amount of food that your family relies on. And a great way to assess that is to stop ordering takeout for the duration of quarantine and really rely on your own skills, your own recipes to feed your family. So that's tip number three is to stop ordering takeout. It'll do wonders for your waste creation and it will hopefully extend well past quarantine. Tip number four is to get mending. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) I have a mending pile and it is gigantic. I do not like to mend and I avoid the task at every turn. I'm not good at it. It's not enjoyable. It takes me an exorbitantly long time to mend a hole in a sock. I just generally avoid it. And on top of that, I just don't want to do it. So now is the time, friends, to tackle that mending pile. Mend those socks with the hole. Hem those pants. Get all those mending jobs done now as a means of reducing the eventual waste that will inevitably occur if you never get to that mending. So mending now prevents you from wasting those perfectly decent clothes down the line. Now, before we dive into tip number five, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by Oregon State University eCampus, a nationally ranked leader in online education. For more than 150 years, Oregon State has worked to create healthier people and a healthier planet. Now you can join that ongoing mission by earning your degree online in one of more than 70 programs, including sustainability, business, and public health. Learn more today about how you can make your impact felt at ecampus.oregonstate.edu forward slash minimalists. Moving on to tip five is to make your own Clorox wipes, right? So Clorox wipes are all the rage. Everybody's going crazy for not just the toilet paper, but also the Clorox wipes. You can make a zero-waste option at home for $0 and with zero waste. So it's really simple. I'll write out the recipe, if you will, in this week's show notes. But basically, you need water, rubbing alcohol, dish soap. It has to be Dawn. Dawn dish soap, ammonia if you have it, and rags. We all have rags from when we cut up our clothes. And you just mix the ingredients and pour over the rags and use them as you would a disposable Clorox wipe. Super simple, no waste. Go for it. (laughs) Tip number six is when you are buying something, buy the largest size. Now, I'm not condoning hoarding, (laughs) but I am saying that when you buy the largest size, you are buying the package with the overall reduced surface area. So the bigger the size of the package, the less packaging there is than if you bought two of the same things in two smaller boxes. One bigger box is less packaging than two smaller boxes. So instead of buying tiny bags of flour, go on and buy the biggest bag 
possible, provided you're actually going to use it and not waste the flour. I know that by me, supermarkets are <laughs> there's some weird things that are missing, flour being one of them, yeast being another one. So if it's possible, buy the larger size. Tip number seven is to try on a zero-waste swap for size. So bonus points here if you try on a swap that you have been actively avoiding. The first swap that comes to mind that we all avoid, of course, and that is also quite prevalent right now, is family cloth. None of us really jumps to (laughs) adopt family cloth in our bathrooms, but with toilet paper seemingly non-existent in many communities, now may just be the time to try family cloth on for size without any guarantee that you're going to stick with it. Try it on, see how it works, and then assess. Or maybe another zero-waste swap that you have been avoiding is trying a safety razor. My listeners seem to have a real fear of safety razors, and that fear prevents them from just going for it and trying it, but maybe now is the time to try it. Or maybe it's that menstrual cup. If you listened to last week's episode, which was episode 118, we talked about how a lot of us really drag our feet when it comes to changing our disposable menstrual products and adopting reusable ones. So it doesn't have to be a menstrual cup, by the way. It could be the reusable pads or the period underwear or the sustainably sourced sea sponge. We discussed all those options last week. But again, the point here is maybe you take a zero-waste swap that you have been avoiding for whatever reason and you try it. We all have the downtime now to try a lifestyle tweak on for size. Maybe we continue with that lifestyle tweak after quarantine is over. Maybe we do not. The point here is to try one. Tip number eight is to cut down on your Amazon packaging. Now, all of us, right? The stores are closed. So even if we are the staunchest non-online shopper around, Most of us are probably ordering more stuff online these days than we ever have before. On episode 102 of this podcast, I outlined all the environmental implications of online shopping, and I also gave you a bunch of tips on how to reduce packaging waste when shopping online. So I'll really quick go through a few of them right now, but know that you can absolutely go back and listen to episode 102 for all the tips. The first one is to opt for ground delivery because when we click on expedited shipping, like Amazon Prime, that often requires air travel. And air travel has an increased environmental impact than ground delivery. You can also, specifically to Amazon, request less packaging by contacting them. You can use the frustration-free option when it comes to packaging, which means that they bare-bones package your item. You can choose an Amazon day, which means that instead of a package coming on Tuesday and a package coming on Wednesday, they lump all your orders together and ship them in one big box, again, with surface area. I have a lot of tips for you in episode 102. If you're interested, definitely go back and check out that episode because listeners, after listening to that episode and after enacting some of the strategies I talked about, 
They said that they noticed a gigantic decrease in the amount of packaging waste that was showing up on their doorstep. Now, finally, tip number nine, our last tip today, is to use the time as a learning experience. So there's so many things we cannot control. We cannot control whether our package-free options are in stock at the store. We cannot control how much time or how long self-isolation will go on for. There are so many things that we cannot control about this pandemic and this once-in-a-lifetime, hopefully, situation that we all find ourselves in. What we can control is what we take from the experience. So it's easier said than done, and I'm trying every day to practice what I preach, but what can we take from this experience into normal life once this threat disappears? I suggest you take an actual look in your trash can and you see with your eyes how much extra waste you are creating. It's not just about seeing what waste you're creating, though. It's then about doubling down on your zero-waste efforts once life gets back to normal. So again, I suggest cutting yourself some slack and also recommitting and doubling down on your efforts once the pressure's off, once life gets back to normal. Now, this week we have an eco tip and it comes from Anne, and I'm so excited about it. Her eco tip is all about what she does with kids' artwork. Anne says that when kids bring home their artwork, she puts the artwork in a frame for one week and then she takes a digital picture of the artwork while disposing of the original. And at the end of the school year, she allows her kids, she really empowers her kids to pick their favorite pictures, and then she takes those favorite pictures and she gets them printed on postcards. And then they either send those postcards to grandma and grandpa or they keep them. Anne also keeps one box for each child. And again, she empowers her kids to put inside the items that matter to the kids. They decide what they want to keep to look back on when they in turn become adults. So what I love about this week's EcoTip is that Anne gives the child control of what goes into their sentimental box. And so that means that they get to keep what matters to them, right? This is, of course, the opposite of what most parents do, which is they throw everything and anything into the sentimental box that they like. And if you listen to episode 92 of this podcast, you know <laughs> all about my struggles with my own sentimental childhood box. But thank you so much, Anne, for reaching out and offering up that amazing tip. This week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 119. And on next week's show, I am answering your five most pressing questions as they apply to sustainable minimalism. I will see you next week. Have a great week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care.